Hello, my name is Storm Glore. Amplify Music Communities is a global continuation of the Amplify Music Conference in which we take a journey around the world with leaders within music ecosystems of various cities, states, regions, and countries. In our sessions, we'll hear what's happening at the ground level from leaders in these communities. We'd like to thank our sponsor of this particular episode, Bandzoogle, as we go down under to visit with leaders from the sixth largest music market in the world, Australia. We're lucky to have with us in this conversation three recognized leaders in the Australian music ecosystem. Hi, my name's Leanne D'Souza. I'm a co-owner of Nightlife Music. Um, this has been recorded from Brisbane, Australia, which is Mianjin on the lands of the Turrbal and Yagara people, who are our First Nations people in Australia. And being a colony, um, their sovereignty has never been ceded. Um, hi, I'm Emily Collins. I'm the Managing Director of Music New South Wales. I'm coming to you from Sydney, Australia, uh, which is on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Euro Nation. Hi, my name is Joe Hay. I'm a creative change consultant coming to you from Adelaide, South Australia, which is the lands of the Ghana people. We recognise their um, connection to the land, past and present. Thank you for those introductions and acknowledgements. Emily, I'd like to start by asking you, what area of the music industry do you work in? And within that role, what do you expect to be your biggest challenges going forward? Uh, thanks for having me, Storm. Um, well, so the, the area that I work in specifically is I run the state music body for contemporary music in New South Wales. So we are funded by state government to deliver programs and services for uh, the music community. And we also are one of the key music advocates in the state, representing the industry to government and to other sectors. Um, there are eight state and territory music bodies across Australia, so we're just one of them. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a really great network. Um, in terms of challenges moving forward, was that the question? Um, yes, yes, you know, in, yeah. this, in this new normal. The new normal. Well, I think one of the things, you know, we work with a lot of uh, early career artists and industry, and I think one of the biggest challenges is just the absolute disruption to normal career pathways, and I think, if you're an early career artist or an early career industry professional looking at the music industry, both, um, you know, domestically and internationally at the moment, it's really hard to sort of, I guess, plot out a clear pathway for career development. So I think that's going to be one of the big challenges we face as we try to, you know, discover what still, uh, you know, is relevant from, from the old world um, mm -hmm. and what's new and what's new and what uh, is changing and what, needs to be reevaluated and how that impacts uh, you know, professional development. Mm -hmm. Great. And, and Joe, what do you see as the biggest challenges ahead? I see, well, going forward, I think um, it, it's really getting back to the issues that were there before. Uh, I think that, you know, they haven't gone anywhere. I think uh, COVID has really just uh, put a hold on it. If anything, it's um, probably magnified it because, you know, music is traditionally competing with uh, greater, you know, other forms of entertainment. Um, and with the lockdown, people stop going to see music. It's it's really about getting them back out and getting, you know, like that whole new normal thing. Um, actually, lead, you know, leadership, I think, is going to be the big bit, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting back out of the grassroots level and seeing what's there and uh, you know, just getting people back out to music. All, all the things that were there before, except I think it's just it's amplified. Great choice of words there. Uh, and uh, it's really how we're going to respond to that. You know, it's, it's the same things. It's, you know, um, uh, 
reg- government regulations, urban development, uh, uh, gentrification, all the all the issues that were affecting music beforehand, um, and you know exactly what Emily was saying about you know career pathways and development and, and supporting the emergence. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. And 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 Leanne, uh, in from your role and your perspective, what do you see as your challenges or the challenges ahead? Yeah, thanks, Storm. Uh, thanks, Emily and Joe. That was interesting. I think um, answering that, I mean, we as a private business um, in the music technology um, space, I'm sort of answering it from that. At the moment, I actually feel quite optimistic um, at a local level. So we're situated in the greater southeast Queensland, Brisbane, Gold Coast kind of areas where our headquarters are, but we work nationally. But I think the challenges short term are around our clients. We've got about 5,000 clients in public spaces. So as the rules change, and even though, yes, Australia is open, there's still that precarious nature to short lockdowns that affects whether it's a gym or a bar or a live music venue. But um, So that's a really short-term challenge for us too. It's really around getting back to the export momentum. You know, mm-hmm. we were at that point pre-COVID where an Australian business can export globally in the tech space. So that sort of is all on ice. So that's going to be a challenge. And also like just the sustainability of a workforce of keeping people employed, you know, you've got to keep the that organisational culture, people connected, be able to pay them, all of that. But actually what there's no challenge with is the amount of content. There's more quality content than ever. So I think that's that, you know, the upside mm-hmm. in what we do, um, there is no shortage of great music being made. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your optimism on that. And, and, uh, and it's great hearing from you all's perspectives on that. What, uh, what I'd like to ask next, ask next is, from a community level, uh, your governments, what have they done to boost music in Australia? And, and do they have anything in motion for next year and beyond? Uh, how about Emily? Would you answer that one? Yeah. Um, so, as I said before, we're, I'm based specifically in New South Wales and have had a lot to do with the New South Wales government um, in terms of mm-hmm. looking for ways to um, support the contemporary music industry both through the pandemic and, and looking forward to the next couple of years. And, um, you know, we've just had one of the biggest, largest investments into a contemporary music ever Um be sort of announced in the last two months, um, which is $24 million of uh, live music funding specifically for live music venues, um, mm-hmm. which is, the, you know, incredibly um, much needed and, and very, uh, I guess, you know, it's a great sign of good things to come from this government in terms of understanding the role that contemporary music has to play in nighttime economies um, and in employment and jobs and, um, you know, co- uh, community wellbeing. Um, so, yeah, that particular investment has been really significant. There's also been other state investment into, um, I guess, program subsidising, so supporting artists and uh, people putting on shows to do that by providing funding. Um, there's been a lot of regulatory change as well. Um, a big suite of uh, liquor and liquor act amendments went through late last year, which is about making it easier for the live music industry to do business by removing some of those um, regulatory challenges we had, which has been fantastic. And I think, you know, looking forward, um, there's just really great ongoing conversations with um, the state government about, you know, various opportunities to support um, what is, you know, one of the largest music industries in Australia and, um, just the real potential that New South Wales has nationally and internationally to be a real leader. So, yeah, there's some really exciting conversations happening there. Mm-hmm. 
And Joe, uh, from your community level government perspective, from my community level done. government perspective, yes. Uh, well, there, I mean, there was the the federal. I mean, the, through the federal government and various state governments, as Emily and um, Leanne can, can talk about, uh, the government had has been putting funding out there for um, live music venues and through JobKeeper, and you know, for those musicians that could actually access those that that, that sort of those funding streams. It's been there. Um, we've heard some good responses from uh, Tasmania to take up with some of the federal um, music funding where um, their Music Tasmania are working with the venues to get them to actually apply for funding and to, you know, help them out through through the um, the down, you know, the lockdowns and the, the downtime. So I think I think going forward, I think it is going to be a very uh, community-focused, what the state governments will be able to do. Um, it's, it's fantastic to see the turnaround in New South Wales um, they've come from a pretty dark place, and then not just from COVID. Uh, the work mm. that uh, Emily was doing and everyone else doing in New South Wales is is is, is just it's so it's so important. Sydney's one of the biggest cities, and from not to have a live music scene, it's just it's just beyond belief. But oh, yeah. um, going forward, it is really going to be uh, you know those local councils and state governments working very specifically on the problems in those areas. Um, there's a real large focus for regional touring at the moment, uh, and it's exciting to see some of the programs that are coming out to actually develop that in Victoria. Uh, some some good responses to a regional touring program that's just happened there. So um, it's you know as always with these things, it's going to be it's great to have the big broad strokes of funding, but at the same time, mm-hmm. if, if they're not landing in the specific areas, uh, and I think uh, Leanne coming from the business side of things can talk about that as well, probably. Um, if they're not really hitting those targets uh, and what the people on the ground are actually saying, then it's just going to be a waste of funding, basically. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, as always, I think that's the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the hope going forward. I see. And Leanne, what have you seen? Um, really you know, similar to Emily, but in the north, you know, the Queensland government put their money into venues to sort of support venues with programming. I think, you know, there could always be more. They just announced a bit more, but it's good to see that starting to get in the pocket of artists. There's also been an investment by the Queensland Government in in regional artists and capacity building. Some of those programs yet to see what they mean long term, but they're there. Um, I think, too, we're in an interesting position because Brisbane City Council, it's actually the largest state government in the world as a bureaucracy. So it worked very closely, Brisbane City Council with the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, so for the whole region. So there's actually a little bit of some good conversations around what a 10-year plan right across creative industries, not just music. So but whether that, you know, it's not just a funding program. So going forward, a lot of the advocacy up here is really around procurement. So if the Queensland Government and the Council can actually, you know, when it comes to music, performances, venues, all of the procurement stuff of state government and the amount of money they spend. Um, and particularly with, you know, the, it looks like the Olympic bit, a Games bid is successful, so 2032. So that's from a, okay, how can we get as much government money staying in Queensland back into the creatives' pockets as possible is sort of where we're at. But, yeah, on the business side, you know, the federal government's job keeper, what Joe alluded to, that helped prop up jobs and employment. Um, we mm-hmm. were a real beneficiary of that. It actually served us and how it was intended. Um, but whether that actually with the really, you know, the, the in the live sector and the small businesses that need that um, coming through, you know, without that income, I don't think we've seen what that really means for small business closures for a few months mm-hmm. yet. 
Mm. But that's sort of my perspectives. Yes, yes. And and you mentioned 2032. And speaking of, I'm going to ask you to look ahead now and uh, think about and, and share with us what, what do you think will be the successes that will make the biggest difference in Australia's music economy uh, in the coming years? Um, Emily, what are your thoughts on that? What will be the successes, you think? That's a really tough one. I know, um, I know. <laughs> uh, I mean... Look, I think, like Leanne said, there's there's no shortage of talent, and I think you know Australia has a, an incredible um, advantage at the moment to really um, support and um, you know, not propagate or proliferate, but one of those words that you know said, you know, make mm-hmm. sure that Australian um, talent is not just like becoming more of a mainstay within Australia as as the content that we consume, but also um, you know internationally. And I think the 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 success that we're looking for is to really see viable, sustainable, ongoing careers for artists, um, and that's what we're all, I guess, working towards. Yeah, that's that's what keeps me going and that's what I think we're all banking on. Uh-huh. Okay. And and Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Well I'd probably make a joke and say, you know, get a few more massive international uh, acts. Um, which again I I I totally agree with uh, Emily and Leanne we're um, we you know we're not lacking uh, at all in uh, talent from Australia. We're constantly like uh, every other day there's another fantastic band. I think for me it's just being in this industry is so exciting. Uh, it is that constant surprise. It is that constant uh, new discovery. Um, it's probably wrong, but I, I'm waiting to see what comes out of the whole lockdown. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. the kids out there having illegal parties, were they, you know, were they developing new scenes or were they, you know, where, where is it? What's coming? I mean, I'm, I know I'm getting old because I'm totally disconnected to uh, <laughs> kids going off having wild time, which is, you know, wrong, but yeah, it's what they're for. So, um, I'm I'm really excited about the future. I, I think it's going to be, you know, you know, we we all we talk about mechanisms and uh, and levers and things governments can do to uh, improve things. That the best thing is really just get out of the way and uh, just say yes a lot more and uh, allow things to happen. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what the the kids have been up to uh, while we're all locked down and mm-hmm. uh, making sourdough. You know, like, where, where is it coming? Because it can all be done in your room now. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I live in hope. All right. Oh, we we will Does always live in hope. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. And Leanne, what what do you see as the successes in the future? Um, I I've sort of answered this as sort of I was thinking more about the trends of what what we were sort of seeing the this edge mm-hmm. of optimism on the horizon. One thing, and this is not based on any research, but completely anecdotally, because I'm in Brisbane, I mean, I went to see the middle kids at the concert hall last night to a full house. Like we're sort of at this, we're the one of the only concert hall theatre spaces in the world that is at capacity. Mm-hmm. They're doing contemporary music, so it's kind of weird. But what I think is seeing is that, that old economic supply and demand has increased ticket prices for domestic artists. So anecdotally, both as a consumer and talking to managers and promoters, I mean, punters are happily paying 20 or 30% more in a ticket price than they were pre-COVID. So, I'd, you know, if that becomes that we've added some value to that live experience because it was taken away, that'll be really interesting. And if managers and booking agents, et cetera, can hold their own on the, the pricing, I think that will be a trend. 
The second one is that, and it was actually picked up this week also in um, one of Mark Mulligan's pieces, I think, but the fitness sector, so in gyms and wellness, the amount of music and the importance of music and community in the health and wellbeing sector is actually really growing, whether it's through the, the tech bits or the community that's building around that, and music's really integral in fitness in so many different ways. I reckon that's a big growth. The third thing that's quite niche to what we do, but it's no by no means an Australia-only problem, but actually having data agreements with the PRO so that actual accurate distribution of royalties back to the right pockets. I think that is a massive trend and it's happening. Um, a lot of progress has been made in Australia in our business and our sector with the PROs while COVID's been happening. So I think that trend of both getting money from songs and sound recordings back into the pockets of the right people and, you know, if we can keep as much of that in Australia to be a little selfish about it, not send it all over to the big names, would be good. And the fourth thing that I touched on before, but around government procurement um, and, the, you know, I think that will be really important that we back Australian-made content. And then finally, too, I think it comes back to what Joe and Emily, there's no shortage of content, but also artists are no longer, yes, they can make music, but we're seeing them also be screen artists, visual artists, you know, this sort of real convergence of the creativity. I think that's cool. It's not just going to be, you know, songwriters as a whole spectrum now, what creativity looks like and how that screen-based flip of COVID is affecting the creative process. That's mm-hmm. sort of where my head was. Yeah. Well, I hope that all of these predictions and uh, and things we see ahead happen. Um, yes, we will cross our fingers for sure. Um, well, let's talk specifically about the artists in your country. You all, several of you all have mentioned that, you know, you all have a plethora of a great artists, wonderful talent there. And and how are they faring? What What programs or initiatives have been supporting them to be resilient in all this? Uh, Emily, would you share any that you know of? Yeah. Um, look, there's there's a real – there are some really interesting programs happening across Australia. I mean, we just got funding um, from the state government to employ seven regional music offices, um, which are basically employees of my organisation who live and work remotely across New South Wales, which is um, – a huge uh, geographical um, landmass. Um, and so, you know, having people on the ground to provide um, the kind of support that my organisation does, which is like resources, you know, advice around funding, connections to other people within the industry, capacity building, you know, and, you know, skill development. Um, you know, having those employees on the ground for us is game changing. You know, we're normally a, a three person organization based in Sydney. And so if now that we've been able to extend our offering um, across the state, we're really looking to see, uh, you know, a great capacity building for regional artists who are already, you know, doing amazing things, but just need, you know, a bit of a help um, like everyone. So, yeah, I think there's like, that's one program we're really proud of. Um Oh gosh, there's so many um, interesting things happening. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure John yeah. Leanne can yeah, speak in more I, detail. Yeah, the, Joe, the, the, the resilience piece is um, it's really hard, and you know, I, I think one of the things I want to say is that funding comes at a cost as well for artists, and you know, often they're expected to put in funding applications. And we are lucky in Australia to have quite a you know a lot of investment in our 
you know, music or, you know, music and arts industries. But um, it's often very difficult for independent artists to do that kind of work. And I, you know, I think there's a lot of work being going on around supporting artists to better access those those grant programs um, because there's a lot what people are sort of re- referring to as, you know, um, grant trauma, you know, having mm. so many mm-hmm. funding rounds going around, everyone putting in applications because they're all broke and getting to this point where they get rejection after rejection after rejection because there's just such a huge demand. And I think, um, you know, that's one thing I'm really keen to make sure we keep doing as an organisation, supporting artists to access that kind of support. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and Joe and Leanne, any other programs that you want to mention? Oh. Joe, do you want me to? I think oh, Tooth Listening, I mean, Em covered some of the. We'll probably cross over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well, two things. I mean, one, we have a like a National Artist Benevolent Association that um, called Support Act, and I think the government, the federal government have funneled a lot of money there to get out rapid, you know, $2,000 grants here and there and support um, some of the health and wellbeing training and support for artists. And there's a counselling hotline, that type of practical um, support. But then I sort of look on the other side, you know, when you think about artists just in our local community, I think even though, yes, Australia is opening up and it's feeling a bit, you know, back to normal, whatever that is, I still think there's that deep grief and trauma. Like we had a a music awards night here last week and just artists haven't actually been in spaces with other artists. So there's actually a lot of, you know, healing and talking to each other. And I'm a massive, as Emily knows, I mean, I'm a big champion of peer support. So I just think I don't feel like there's enough mechanisms at the moment yet for artist-to-artist conversations and discussing and sharing that experience in order to kind of align what what's the expectations of what it is to be now an artist. I don't think, I feel, again, it's a really precarious and without creating spaces for artists to have conversations and share experiences, we're not sure, and not just about co-writing or some sort of creative collaboration, it's actually a a human sharing of what's just been through and out of that of how we really support the artist rather than sort of trying to design what we think they need. I don't think artists themselves can articulate what they need yet. Um, so it's a bit of a watch this space for me. Mm-hmm. Joe, anything um, to add? Well, I just, yeah, just just uh, following on, not following on, but, yeah, just in total support. It, I think the thing that's been really uh, really good to watch over the last, Five, six, ten years is the development of these of an understanding of uh, you know mental health and community and looking out for each other and you know ending really bad behaviour and you know unacceptable behaviour uh, across the sector. Um, I think it's so nice to hear the event, uh, Leanne, in Brisbane. I'm very jealous. Um, I think everyone's sort of feeling you know again a massive feeling of isolation. Uh, and as touring and all that sort of stuff starts to come, you know, happen again, everyone's getting out. Uh, I went and saw a, a gig at a very small venue the other night, and uh, you were right, the artists were really excited to see each other. It was, you know, just realise how, you know, how locked off you get from everybody, especially when you're not able to go out and do what you love, which is like performing live music or, or whatever, really. Um, so once we can get back to, you know, the conferences and the, and the you know, the larger festivals where everyone gets to mix again, um, people begin to feel that they're not alone, that they're not, you know, sitting sitting in their room by themselves feeling this is the only person in the world. I'm, I'm sure people don't, it's probably not that simple, but um, I don't know. Once uh, I, That's really nice. It was so nice to hear, Leanne, like uh, that feeling. It's, uh, it's, it's nice anyway when you get a group of artists and a group of, you know, 
professionals in a room who you know share common experience. But um, no, it's definitely something that it's 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 definitely going to be a um, a plus. Uh, one of the upsides of coming back and getting like you say back to a new normal. Uh, in South Australia, we have a thing uh, they call it Umbrella Festival, and it was sort of developed to sort of activate a particular time of year in South Australia. But the heart of it was getting venues and artists to think about what performance is and what um, their show is and getting them to experiment. So giving them the space and permission to experiment. Um, but it was also giving permission to, to to audiences who traditionally don't go, haven't gone to see music for a long time or wouldn't have gone to see live music to go and try things out. Now, that's a very Adelaide culturally specific thing because we also have a few other really successful open access festivals and it just seems to be culturally something that really works here. Um, but with that sort of event coming up, I think it's been delayed here this year, but um, we're getting people to go back out again and share ideas and share experiences and encourage people to get back out again is, is, is definitely going to be a way of sort of helping people come back, helping feel, people feel like they're not alone in this, this, uh, this process, basically. I see. And, and it sounds like you all have a lot of great programs happening and in play. Uh, but if I, I appreciate that you all also mentioned, you know, ex- existing issues that still need to be addressed. And that, that's part of it, too. So thank you for sharing those thoughts. Well, that that brings our conversation to a close for now. And I, I absolutely want to thank all of you, Joe, Leanne, Emily. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your insights. Very much appreciated. I also want to thank our sponsor, Banzoogle. Check them out at banzoogle.com. And uh, that concludes this session. Thank you for checking out this edition of Amplify Music Communities. You can learn more by going to amplifymusic.org slash communities. Subscribe to our podcast feed for more episodes. And thank you. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.